everyone. All right. Welcome to another edition of Brand New Podcast. I am here with my friend Tim Hugo. He's running for Lieutenant Governor. Good to have you on, Tim. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, appreciate you coming over tonight or letting me come over to your place tonight. Uh, yes. <laughs> meet in the, in the internet world. Yes. Uh, I'm very excited to have you on. Tim, first question. Instead of taking a go maybe at your old house seat, why did you decide to go for Lieutenant Governor? Why did you think that was the best step? You know, Mike, it's it's just so many things that have been bubbling through the last year. You watch what's happened down in Richmond, you know, what they've done on issue after issue, whether it's whether it's business issues, taxes, life, the Second Amendment, issue after issue, they've gone so far to the left. You know, I've, I've made the joke in the comment in the past, it wasn't a joke, I made the comment in the past, if this is not your granddaddy's Democratic Party, you know, it's not the party of... John, you know, Kennedy, you know, Kennedy. It's who had not even the party of Terry McAuliffe anymore, Tim. No, no, it's AOC's <laughs> party. Yeah. It, it's it's Bernie Sanders' party. It's Elizabeth Warren's party. And I think that's a tragedy. And I guess the thing that, that, that pushed me over the edge, I went down to Richmond during the summer and and not, not Monument Avenue. I drove down Broad Street. And if you drive down Broad Street, what you see is from the Capitol all the way down to VCU is two miles of plywood and spray paint and graffiti and vulgarities. And I said, this is just, and, and it stayed up for months. They didn't care. They didn't cover it up. They, they left it up. Nobody complained, no Democrat complained. And I said, this is just wrong. And uh, I talked to my wife about it. And I said, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big state. It's bigger than we think. Uh, it's a lot, but it, she, her, her comment to me was interesting. She goes, well, if you don't fight, who will? Yeah. And I said, you know, that's right. We've got to step up and we've got to step up and fight and start the fight now. And I look forward to it. And so we made the decision to get into the lieutenant governor's race. And we didn't want to get in after November because people were saying, oh, gosh, people are waiting to see who wins in uh, the presidential race. No, we're going to we're going to run and we're going to run now and and see what we can do, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, and one of the strengths uh, that I think you have is that you know you represented the Centerville Clifton area, right? In the Fairfax, that's a blue area. It wasn't, you know, I mean, it could have been a little more conservative a few years ago when you represented, but you were able to hold on to it for a very, very long time. You know, now, we uh, we and it was a team effort, uh, but uh, I and uh, you know my team and. We represented Fairfax County and Prince William for almost 20 years, and I just think you know if you look at the if you look at the elections over the last statewide elections over the last few years, some of the problems we've had have been in Northern Virginia. We win a big areas of the state, and then we get just blown out up here. So if we can do well up here, which I think I have the ability to, I am a conservative, and I make no bones about it. I'm a conservative who happens to be from Fairfax County. What, what's your I can, secret? I can be a conservative sure. and I'm close to the business community. So we can talk about business issues, uh, issues that are important to the business community. We can talk about issues that are important to the second amendment community, life community, uh, to every, to every group around the state. I believe I've got the ability to do that, which I think is somewhat unique and, sure. and I'm going to do it. And hopefully that'll not just win the Lieutenant governor race. Hopefully that will help the whole team. Would you say that your ties to the business community and, and leading with the pro-business agenda 
is what was able to um, have you cross over party lines for voters? I think that'll be, I think that'll be part of the voters. Everything from, you know, the, the support from this, you know, National Federation of Independent Businesses to being the Virginia Chamber's Man of the Year. Um, we worked on business issues. I mean, it's something I always thought the, the best government, the best program was a job. And so we always sure. to make sure, you know, we were looking for innovative ways to, to bring people, bring jobs to not just to Fairfax, to Virginia. The Facebook has a, um, a billion dollar facility down outside of Richmond. Uh, they, they have said point blank that if it hadn't been for the two bills that I introduced that, that they asked me to help them with, that Facebook would not have come to Virginia with a billion, multi, now probably more than a billion dollar investment. So I'm wow. glad to do that. And those are the kind of things that over and over for almost 20 years I did. And I'd like to help on the Lieutenant Governor race and help the new Republican governor in AG win, win in November of 2021 and, and hopefully govern uh, four years after. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the lieutenant governor's race, I think is a unique opportunity. Uh, you're running, Glennie's a good guy, he's running. Um, I think it's a unique opportunity because in Virginia, we have the luxury of you could, let's say, vote for Terry McCullough for governor, but vote for you or Glenn for LG. And it's possible that, you know, even in this blue state, the lieutenant governor's race, that's kind of the one that's not, you know, it's not a, uh, I guess, a, I don't want to say sexy position. It's it's a good position, but like you might be able to slip under the radar. Well, I'm, I'm, hopeful, too, I'm hopeful too that in 2021 mm-hmm. that Virginians will have had buyer's remorse. I yeah. think we've seen. If not now, then when? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I think they'll have seen what happened over the last four years uh, by this time. Uh, I don't, if you talk to some of the people in the business community and the others, they just didn't think it would be this bad, but it is. It's just what we all, you, I, a bunch of others all predicted mm-hmm. they would govern from the far left and they have. So, you know, the, on the Lieutenant Governor race, look, I think if um, we'll see what happens with my race, but I think no matter what, I think it, it'll give me the opportunity to govern with a Republican governor. I'm confident, we'll hope, hopefully confident that we'll get that too, because I really do think people woke up, will wake up and say, man, this is not what we were promised. This is not what the Democrats said they would do. They are way too far to the left. And it's going to go even farther to the left. I, I have no doubt. Well, and for I mean, years. They said point blank this year, they were not finished. Yeah. Just getting started. So when they get down to Richmond again in January, it'll be even more of a mess. Absolutely. And I think, you know, especially in 2021, the rumor is correct that Terry McCulloch is going to run for his old job. I think he's going to have a tough time because, like you said, the party there was a consensus from Bob McDonald to McAuliffe, even going back to George Allen, that Virginia was a pro-growth state, a pro-business state. Business was important. Jobs were important to us. Now, with the radical left's policies, what's going on in Richmond, um, you know, they claim they're for um, solving inequity in school. They claim they're for, you know, people having good, uh, affordable housing. But here's the thing, Tim, <laughs> under the Democrats, uh, more people are moving out of Virginia than moving in. Mm-hmm. It's getting harder. I mean, you know, in Fairfax, I'm in Manassas. It is very hard to just survive up here. And it doesn't matter if you're making 70 grand a year or 90 grand a year. What do they say? I think you have to make it combined if you're like a, a, a young household. 92 grand 
just to make it over the poverty line in Prince William. That's ridiculous. But they just want to keep taxing and taxing and alienating business and everyone's going elsewhere. Well, and, and they're going to go farther to the left. I saw today there was another Democrat who's a liberal Democrat out of Richmond, uh, Dawn Adams. She's also being primaried. And if you look, Patrick Hope, who's a liberal out of Arlington, is being primaried because they're not far enough to the left. Yeah. I, I think, and, and I say this sincerely from a kind of a political observer's point of view, the most important election of 2019 was Dick Saslaw, the Senate minority, now majority leader's primary, when he barely won. In fact, he, he didn't get a majority, but he was primaried from the left. And he was seen as somewhat sympathetic to business, though he's more <coughs> liberal than he was at least tolerant of business. And he almost got beat. And yeah. I think that says to every Democrat next year, go left or we're going to send you home. And I think that's being proven right now when you see Patrick Hope, a far left liberal, being primary. Don Adams, a liberal liberal, being primary. And others are teeing it up. Well, it's, I, I it's, want to say, Tim, and now Matt has here is going to say, man, I'm going to vote as far left as I can yeah. to protect myself in the in the primary. And Matt's hey, joined Matt, us. I saw Matt jumped on. Good to see you, Matt. Yeah, he, he jumped on. Hey, how's everything going, guys? I'm sorry. We are dealing with a power outage today. So... We had a power line explode on my street. And so uh, the Star City is without, uh, well, my neck of the Star City is without power. So I was five minutes late. I apologize, Delegate Hugo, um, for that. So Matt, you, look, you look good. We can't even tell. Everything looks good. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Matt, um, we were talking about how crazy Nova is and how far left everything's going. And how do we stop? Well, you, it's not just Nova. That's, that's the thing. It's not just Nova. You know, we've got some, I mean, even down here, you've got Sam Rasool who is so far to the left, he makes Bernie Sanders look conservative. And you've got, you know, Chris Hurst. How, what are we going to do with this Democratic Party of Virginia that keeps moving farther to the left? We have to present a message and a vision. So I want to hear about more about that. Matt, you're absolutely right. And, and when you said the Star City, that's exactly what I thought about with Sam Rasool. Hey, personable guy. But you know what? It's, it has not about their personality. It's about watching how they vote. And he votes so far to the left and embraces a, a far left agenda. And, and it's, it's bad. And we've got to present a clear, crisp alternative next year that says, here's what we're for. And this is why it's good for you. And this is why it's good for your families. And I think, and businesses. And I think when we do that, we'll win. Because we, we were saying a little bit before we got on, I really do think Virginians are beginning to have buyer's remorse at what, what they were voted for last year because it wasn't what they were promised. Absolutely. A a absolutely. And I mean, right now, Tim, if you were to be, let's say your Lieutenant Governor's race is the architect. Um, let's say your race is going to be the race to um, provide that clear, crisp alternative. What would be, what is your platform? Or what do you think your platform adds to that, that line? That well, it's a, a conservative. Uh, and, and Matt, you guys are uh, down in the Star City area. Look, I'm a conservative. I just happen to be from Fairfax County. Right. I think you present a conservative message on the Second Amendment, on business, on taxes, on social issues, but you present it with a smile. 
I think I'm a, you try to be a happy warrior. You go out there and positively tell what you want to do to help people uh, in, around their kitchen tables when they're talking to their families about jobs, uh, schools, transportation. I think those are the things we're going to want to talk about. And, and you, when you see what's going to happen, I think in the next year, that the, the jobs, it's going, to be, it's going to be much more problematic. I think the businesses are going to be under stress. Uh, Mike, you talked about it costs, you know, 92,000 to escape the poverty line up here in, in, in Northern Virginia. Yeah, that's it's insane. Crazy. It is, it's crazy. And I think we've got to talk about why, why what we want to do is better for you and your families. And I think we'll have the ability to do that. And I think we will do that. And if we do that with a positive message from the governor's race to the lieutenant governor, to the AG, to all the delegates that are up next year, I think we'll win because I think the environment will be noticeably better uh, because I think people will be going, gosh, this is just wrong. And uh, you're going to see, like I said, I really do believe in January, you're going to see every one of these Democrats go even farther to the left uh, to appease their, their radical left-wing Bernie Sanders base. Absolutely. Matt, do you want to jump in? I think you're right. Okay. I, I want to hear... I want to hear <clears throat> how, <clears throat> excuse me, how oh, the Matt's freezing up there. There you go. I apologize. I got you. You got um, you had. I got up to how with you. I want to hear how. So let me let me ask this question: How do we translate a? You were very successful in Northern Virginia for a long time. How do you translate that into winning in other parts of Virginia? Because it's our state is, I, I joke with people half the time, some one half of the state is New Jersey and the other half is like Alabama. And so, how do we translate a, you know, more center right <clears throat> Northern Virginia? elected official into a candidate who can help Southwest Virginia, Southside Virginia, you know, Hampton Roads. How do we translate that? Well, man, I think, I think some of that, and I, I, get, I get your point. There is a, um, you know, I was, I was the number three in, in, in the Virginia House for a decade. I was the uh, House Caucus Chairman. And <clears throat> I always thought there was a, when I first got there, one of the things I realized early, there was a suspicion within the Republican ranks of, maybe of Northern Virginia, actually the Democrats too. Democrats didn't like, some of them didn't like Northern Virginia. It was interesting, they had a lot more, you know, moderate Democrats when I first got elected. But I think one of the things that's on me is to get out there and say, look, look at my voting record. I'm not just talking about it. I'm a, a guy that for almost two decades, uh, I was I was pro-life and I had a pro-life voting record. I'm a guy that was, uh, I had a A rating from the NRA uh, I had a, uh, was endorsed by VCDL and also a pro-business agenda from the Virginia Chamber to the NFIB. So I, I'm not trying to sell uh, a liberal agenda. I am a conservative. I just happen to live up here. And I think once it's, it's incumbent on me to get out around the state. So it's doing things like this. Or Matt, I hope, you, I hope you'll show this, uh, this video, uh, this podcast around the Star City. Uh, but it's, it's up to me to get down there. And also, look, it's up to me to get home. Um, and I grew up 
I grew up in Virginia Beach. So I've got a lot, a lot of contacts there. But if we can, if we can work in Northern Virginia, uh, if I can and bring the votes there, if I can for a primary, if I can bring some votes from uh, the beach, and then the the record that I've had for two decades for the rest of the state, I think will do well in a primary. And then I think we talk about those center right things that are good for all Virginians, not Republic, not just Republicans. Uh, the business issues, jobs, transportation, taxes. Uh, in the 2019, you know, I carried the half a billion dollar tax cut that had another half a billion that was going to be, you know, given out the next year. And but the governor, that's one of the untold stories. Uh, governor uh, Northam undid that tax cut that that I did. It was my bill. Uh, people right before the election in 19, people were getting checks, checks from the Commonwealth of Virginia. That was my bill. And, uh, you know, the governor undid that. So that's just where we are. But we've got to talk about those things. That's my job. I got to get around the state. Matt, I look forward to coming down to, you know, Star City area and the Roanoke. You introduced me. I'd sure appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I hope that you come even further into Southwest Virginia. I, I love to point out that there's still four hours of Virginia left when you get to Roanoke. And so when we get you to Grundy, we'll, you'll be a real statewide candidate. Well, Matt, I hope you remember um, they had the, uh, a f for a number of years uh, down in Wise, I used to take my daughter down to Wise uh, because they had the remote mer uh, medical uh, down there in Wise. So we'd go down there and volunteer for, uh, for a few years in a row and uh, go down there for a couple that, of years. That service, it, you know, RAM is so important. And especially <clears throat> when we talk about healthcare in Virginia, I'm just going to segue into that. What is a solution? What's a conservative solution to the healthcare problems that we have in Virginia? Well, two things. Let me finish first. Yeah, we would, so we would go to Wise. And yeah, I, I remember when I got to Roanoke, I had another three hours. Uh, three more than three hours to go when my daughter and I were going down there to remote area medical uh, to volunteer. But I think it's it's I think some of the things that we've talked about over the years, Matt, is what you and I are doing right now, and it's it's the uh, remote, it's the video, uh, making it easier for doctors to reach out to rural areas and do things like this. Uh, we've had we actually had problems, you know getting approval on some of these things. I think Terry Kilgore had led the way uh, on, on things like this to make sure doctors had the ability uh, to telemedicine. I think that's some of the things we've got to do. And we just, I think also too, man, I think with what you're seeing now, and I think this pandemic's probably changed, literally changed the way people think about where they want to live and how they can live. I think more and more people are going to want to live in Southwest, and when I say Southwest, I'm not talking about Roanoke. I'm talking about Southwest because they'll have the ability to, to work anywhere. Um, think about how many people are moving out of the cities now uh, because of the pandemic. And what and Zoom, which is what we're on right now, gives them the yeah. ability to do that. Yeah, which, you well, know, everyone I think is afraid of, the D.C. area especially, because if Matt got, let's say, a tech job, um, where he had to work from home, but the tech job is based in Centerville and Matt's all the way down in Grundy. He doesn't have to leave his home. So that whole blue next, right. right. That, that political and corporate power structure, the housing market completely crumbles. And that's the real truth that they don't want, you know, let go of. And, and Matt, I think, I think one of the big things there 
and in because I will say, I always when you before you got on, I was talking about how I'd helped Facebook bring that billion dollar facility to to Virginia, but it's outside of Richmond. Um, I've always wondered why we don't have more um, more of these tech jobs in rural areas, and I think now you will. But I think the key to that is just what we talked about now. With some of the things you might be experiencing, you got a power outage now, but making sure that that last mile of internet service uh, is available. And I think when we to get high speed internet everywhere, uh, I think you will see all these jobs, more of these jobs and more of this uh, telemedicine uh, come to, to other areas. And I think it's, it's, it's incredibly important that we do that because I, I'll be honest, there's not enough, there's not gonna be enough doctors in the next decade or 15 years if we don't embrace telemedicine, if we don't think about doing things differently. And I think that's imperative. Well, and I think one of the other things that leads into the broadband conversation is that we have, we're shifting so many things, you know, we've got school, we've got doctors on, on telemedicine, we've got school, Mike's teaching online. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I haven't got to work online with her and with her job. So we have to talk about what can we do to bring broadband, especially to rural Virginia? Oh, I think that's, I think that's, I think you'll see more and more of that. I think the, the businesses are starting to do that. I think we can inf- encourage business to, and we'll continue to encourage business and not just encourage, but strongly encourage business to do that. Uh, we, we, I think, Mike, you're, Matt, you're seeing, you will see more and more of that as more and more of these jobs will go to, potentially go to high-tech jobs, high-paying tech jobs will go to Grundy or Wise or wherever. It, and it's not, the job's not going to go there. The job's going to follow that person who wants to go back to Wise or go back to Grundy and say, hey, look, I don't have to be in D.C. anymore. I can be in, I can be in Wise and work on my tech job during the day and hunt and fish and, and have a little bit of land around me at night. And that's a, that's a good day. Absolutely. Um, as, as we talk about a lot of these issues, Tim, uh, we, t- we tackled a lot of heavy uh, issues and you've definitely led on, on policy this conversation. Um, as we bring this conversation to a close, what are you watching right now and what are you reading? Oh. Oh, uh, watching, you know, I tend to, I have to tell you, um, my family's political, especially some of my kids. Mm-hmm. So um, for watching, they want to watch all the political shows. I have to say, sometimes when I'm I I home, <laughs> I just want to watch a, a good comedy after yeah. a, a day of, so sometimes it's, it's old shows from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond to uh, uh, King of Queens. I'm just a, just a simple guy. Frazier sometimes, yeah, too. Okay. From the books, you know, I tend to, uh, Undaunted Courage is one that I just picked up. It's an older book. It's, it's about uh, Lewis, uh, Lewis and Clark expedition. I love history. I don't know if you can see some of these, these are all books. Oh yeah. Around, uh, you see, I've got some elephants over my shoulder and my wife has some teacups there behind us. (laughs) <laughs> but on both sides of these are, are bookcases of just literally history books. I love wow. history. So uh, I read a lot of, a if, lot of history. If I can say so, you, on if we could rate your Zoom room, you're doing very well. 
Um, we've had some good Zoom backgrounds on these podcasts, and you've got a good one. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, so so Mike and I were on before. I'm glad you said that. I've got a green screen that that I set up behind me, and it it had the logo, and for some reason the logo was uh, eating part of my head. Uh, so Mike, yeah, it looked like you had half of a head. I had the no hair head. was going. You could you could see my logo uh, for Lieutenant Governor, but it looked like I had no hair. It cut my head off about right here. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't know Hopefully what it was. Hopefully it's so, not a glimpse maybe, of the future. Yeah, maybe that was a message. Maybe, hey, maybe I'll just keep this uh, this up here. <laughs> if you run for Lieutenant Governor. You've got, I've got Abraham Lincoln over my shoulder there. I don't know if you can see. That's it's Abraham. Well, that's uh, teacups tea and Abraham Lincoln. Those are good things to have. Um, Tim. And elephants and elephants. Yeah, I mean. And elephants. Of course. Um, Tim, thanks for uh, really coming on. Hopefully Matt's power gets fixed. And uh, Tim, I know this lieutenant governor's race is going to be one to watch. Um, everyone jumping in is is really high caliber. You guys are all statesmen, and um, I'm really looking forward. Well, Mike, let me ask you something. I, I, is, do you know anybody who's going to run for Lee Carter's seat up here in Northern Virginia for the delegate race? I heard some good people <laughs> – we're thinking about announcing. I, I don't know if you know anybody. You know, I I think I know somebody, and we will be Man. breaking. Down. I think we all know somebody. <laughs> now, if 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 we could just find somebody, I don't know, but I'm thinking. I'm thinking that that's um, going to be a big announcement, definitely within the next week on the Grand New Podcast. So, Matt, tell him to get rid of the Yankees hat, though. But uh, he'll have to. Well, I can't hat. help it. Whoever, whoever that guy baseball. is, whoever that guy is, Tim. Well, what are you, Nats? Are you a Nats fan? Hey, man, I'm I'm married to a woman from Boston. Oh my goodness. Oh my god! Ah, I, well, I got to tell you, my oldest son, I think, is right trying to write himself out of the will. He's a Yankees fan too. So how would how did you, okay? How did your wife allow that? Because I tell you, if I put on a Boston hat, that would be the end of me at Thanksgiving. At, at like I would never be allowed in the house at all. Yeah, uh, the, the oldest kid's kind of brave. One time we went to a family reunion up in Boston, and he uh -huh. wore this Yankee. He wore this Yankees hat, and one of the couple of the relatives, hey, hey little boy, you're you're not smart, but we'll give you points for brave. Oh my god, getting points. Oh, you boy. know what? You know what? I have to say, I'm a Nats fan, but Fenway Park is a cathedral of baseball. Isn't it really? Um, incredible. It, it is a cathedral uh, in the sport. And I've always said one of my goals in life was to go to all of the major league baseball parks and just like get an RV and travel the country. So I, I give props to Boston. I still want to go to, I still want to go to Rig. Yeah. I've, I've done old Yankee and. You know what, Tim? I'll give you a point on that. Wrigley, you know what sucks about it? We all got tickets to a Cubs game, and we were so excited, but Wrigley was built before, uh, you know, there were parking lots or anything. There's no parking at all. So in Chicago, you have to leave your car with a random stranger at a McDonald's for money or in someone's driveway for money. And my dad at the end of it was like, you know what? No. We're just not going to go. I got to see the outside, but there's no parking. You can't get in. It's a pain in the ass. I personally don't like kids, but you got good advice. I'll take a cab. Yeah, but my dad, my dad always said he goes, and I'm sorry, Matt, but my dad says the Yankees and Red Sox are the only teams that matter in baseball. Period. So <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. My Washington Nationals have a World Series championship. The uh, the reigning World Series championship. 
we'll take that. We'll Matt, take you that guys all the way have the bank, one. So we have twenty-seven, Tim. I think you guys want of like eleven. You got a 12, few, right? Yeah, <laughs> Austin, my, my mother-in-law and wife were very happy for. I think it's the only time my wife let the kids stay up late when the uh, uh, the, the Red Sox were winning the World Series. Oh my! I remember when they well, when the Yankees lost in two thousand four. We cried so hard, and one kid. I was going to school in New York. One kid wore a Red Sox jersey, got jumped in the bathroom. It was. <laughs> We don't play around, but uh, Mike. I told you, I know. Mike, hmm? it wasn't I'll, me. I tell you, Hugo. I want. I want to end on the note that I would love for you to come to Southwest Virginia. Let's get yeah. you out here. Um, there's so many things that people need to know if they're going to run. If they're going to run for public office in Virginia, you need to understand Southwest Virginia. So you have my personal invitation. Come anytime. Matt, Matt I'm getting a good look at your house here on this video. So I'm coming by, brother. I'm come sit on that deck that I see above your head. I, I love bourbon and cigars. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, I'll bring um, you, so you come on. And Pals. And pa Pals is only in Abingdon. Pals is only in Abingdon. You have to ask Todd Pillion and Terry Kilgore about the best hamburger joint in the world, Pals, which is in Abingdon. And um, uh, there's one in Bristol. So, you know, you'll have to you'll have to talk to Terry Kilgore and Todd Pillion about the awesomeness that is Pals. So I sat next to um, Kilgore for years on the house floor. He's my brother. All right. Kilgore's the man. I just wish he'd run for like president of the United States and we'd bring <laughs> Gate City to DC, but he won't do it, sadly. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. All well, right. Guys, thank on that note, thank y'all for having me. It's been great. Thank you, Tim. Come on anytime. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye -bye. All right. Thanks.